I want people to know about Roland's legacy. He's the one that people need to be interviewing, not me. He's the one that he's laid so much foundation for me. All I did was walk in and start cooking barbecue. I had the easiest job. I don't have to make sauce. All I got to do is purchase it from them and spices. They did all the hard work. He already made all the pits. He designed them. It's 40 years. Three of them are 40 years old, and they've been played with for 40 years. Like, all I had to do was cook on Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Ken Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to a very special episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And today we are very honored to be able to bring you an interview that we did earlier this year with um, a very influential and legendary barbecue personality, um, very important to East Texas barbecue and barbecue as a whole, Mr. Roland Lindsay. Yeah, for, for those of you that may not be familiar with Roland, uh, Roland Lindsay started the Bodacious Barbecue Chain and uh, he, he was originally from Duncanville, Texas, and his father owned a cafe in Duncanville that, that Roland worked at as a young man, and Roland eventually opened the original Bodacious Barbecue location uh, in Longview, Texas on Marberly Avenue, the one that is currently, you know, very popular in the mainstream of Texas barbecue, uh, number four in the Texas monthly list, all of that, but long before any of that happened, uh, Roland opened it as Little Roland's Bodacious Barbecue in 1968 in Longview, Texas. Uh, Roland had a, an extremely storied career in barbecue, um, spanning everything from cooking techniques to, to pit technology. I mean, the man... A, a trailblazer. A, a absolute a, trailblazer. A major trailblazer in, in the barbecue world at that time. He didn't invent barbecue. He didn't bring barbecue to East Texas. But he created a, a brand and a passion of barbecue that obviously lives on today with, with other pit masters, such as... As Jordan, as gave uh, from Hallsville and Russell Regal. Yeah, Russell Regal started his career at the Bodacious Chain as well. Um, we we were honored to to get a chance to have an afternoon to sit down with Roland at Bodacious. Um, this was several months ago, and we we had originally planned for this episode or for our interview with Roland to be to be part of a big East Texas history episode. And with yeah, Roland, Roland was ill, and Roland passed away in September. And, you know, when, when Roland passed, we, we thought, we kind of reflected on the episode and the time we spent with him, and we felt that it would be more to honor his memory to, to have this episode where we, we kind of let you hear what, what Roland had to say and, and talk about Roland's history and barbecue a bit. And, you know, we reached out to Jordan Jackson of Bodacious and let him know, you know, what, what we planned to do and, of course, got, got the Bodacious family's blessing uh, before posting this. You know, and, and again, we appreciate the, the opportunity we had to speak with Roland. And um, definitely we, we saw the love and respect that so many people in barbecue had for him. Um, and the impact he had, and, and as mentioned, I mean, pit technology, cooking techniques, um, and then growing and, and how he expanded his business and how he was able to, um, it, it wasn't all franchises, it was how he brought people into the business and, and brought them up that was important. We go back to how that time started and, and how his family and how his business started it was a different time in barbecue you didn't have these fatty cuts of meat with all of the bark left on or all of the fat left on them and this really salty peppery bark on top it was very simple cuts yeah it was it was simple cuts done you know cook, cooked a lot of times on direct heat or or in you know indirect heat on brick pits 
and uh, a lot of times the barbecue may be secondary as it was at uh at roland's dad's place in duncanville that they did a lot of other things fried chicken and burgers and and you know they would do some barbecue as well but again brisket wasn't the 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 famous cut that it is now in texas barbecue what what you'd see a lot is you'd get a whole four quarter of a cow or or hind quarter and a lot of times you'd get the chopped beef you'd get would be shoulder clawed which is a leaner cut of, of beef not nearly as fatty as a brisket and and that's that's what would be served and it's still served in some some of the older school joints today uh Kreitz market still has shoulder clawed on the menu and it's definitely a, a different cut i mean obviously it's a different cut but it is a different taste and a different texture um, and I think that a lot of people are beginning to prefer these fattier cuts of meat that are that are rendered differently and cooked in a slightly different way. But um, let's listen to Roland talk about how his family started and, and the meats and, and, and sides they were cooking. And what, what were you cooking back then? Was it a little of everything or was it? He cooked beef clods. Beef clods? Yeah. And that was that is something that's more traditional in barbecue, clods and... Yeah. And that was sold as a, a separate meat, or did y'all have to break down a, a larger piece? Well, he just bought. <laughs> I mean, he didn't buy it like Jordan buys the best we can buy, you know. And that's the way I've always been. I always wanted the best cuts I could buy. And uh, then way, you know, it's easier. Easier to do. And back in those days, a lot of times it was like once it was cooked, was it like chopped up? Was there kind of like a mop sauce or a gravy that went with it, or how was? Well, it, yeah, we had a we called it an Arkansas gravy up there at that place, <laughs> and uh, it what it was was it was real thin, you know, it was like a vinegar based sauce. Oh, and, okay. You know, and kind of sweet a little bit and kind of hot and kind of this and that. Gotcha. And what they'd do, they'd take the clods at that time and they would uh, cut them up, slice them in the edges all the way around, cut them off, because he didn't buy expensive meat, you know, back then. And uh, it was just, no word, we sold everything, hamburgers and, and uh, chicken fries, you know, all the stuff. She's selling the uh, establishment like that mm-hmm. and barbecue was what it was when we got it had a pit back there and yeah long before the days of offset propane tanks that are so popular um, it was it was old brick pits and you kind of use whatever you had around that would uh, that would help insulate the pit or cover the pit right and they had to be multi-purpose because you were cooking all of your meats on on one device so didn't have any kind of specialty things you used what you had and, and you built what you had laying around right well let's let's take a listen to uh to roland kind of talking a little bit about about the pits that they used um when he was growing up uh, have you ever been down to austin yes sir okay you know no crouch's place mm-hmm. you got the hot bed you know it's a brick pit but it's open on the end, and they just roll those blocks of oak up there right. on those coals. And that's how it was. That's where our pit was. So open, open pit with the fire running open. Brick, you know, and it was uh, kind of similar to that. A lot of them were back then, and it had a pop sign like a RC sign or something that you put over the end to slow it down. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, that was yeah. like the old-fashioned damper. If you just get a sign and put it right. over there and just kind of right. help slow the fire down a right. little bit when you needed to. So. Yeah. so as popular as low and slow barbecue has become 
and as legendary as that is as a Texas thing, that really isn't how barbecue was cooked, even as recent as 50, 60 years ago. No, it's one of the things that, that I think is somewhat of a myth in that people believe that true Texas barbecue is low and slow. And just like Kreitz, which continues to do it hot and fast, and some of the other folks out there continue to do that, that's where Roland and, and got his background in cooking uh, these clots. Yeah, so let, let's hear Roland kind of talk about their cooking methods. And were you cooking long? Were you cooking hot and fast back then? A certain thing, you know. See, we had a rib net, mm-hmm. you know, and he had a chicken net, barbecue chicken net, you know, and a fried chicken net, special, where you could come in small town sure. in Duncanville would. Just like Plano was the same size as Duncanville back wow. then. And uh, that's been the 50s, you know. Anyhow, they just, uh, we had all those deals that we did at night to get people in there. He did. And uh, on Saturday, we freelanced, you know. <laughs> didn't, didn't do it on Saturday. So. But Monday through Friday, you know, like people eat fish on Friday. So barbecue wasn't an everyday thing. There was a specialty that they would cook. Um, They had to do things during the week, and they had special nights where they would cook different types of foods. Chicken was one of those nights that they had. Um, Roland will talk to us here about the the chicken and, and the process of cooking chicken. Yeah, and the, and, and the gravy that, that he'd put on most of the meats. And his wife, Nancy, was a big fan of that gravy. People love chicken. And they get them little old hags back then and number sixes, and they call them, which is not a big chicken. Everybody else gets big chickens and then. But the, the skin on them, you know, you could eat skin on Had a little bit of seasoning that I made up, put on them. It did was, you mop those as well, or did you? How did you cook those? Just season on, season on them and get them on that hickory. And then put that Arkansas gravy <laughs> that I was talking about. So that, that gravy a, went on everything back then. A little cup of it, yeah. <laughs> My wife says right now we've been married. I've been married to the lady 54 years, and uh, she tells me that you know there isn't any sauce like that sauce. Wow. Yeah, we put it on. Hamburgers, <laughs> you know, cheeseburgers. Was it was it with a little little grease dripping in there as well? Oh Get yeah, a little flavor. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. that's the best part. Yeah, you gotta catch some of that, you know. Well, today it's common to to use a lot of the high quality product and prime brisket and everything like that. Um, that was that was a goal and a you know a thing that Roland Lindsay did as for as long as he ran Bodacious. He always tried to source the best quality products the best best quality meats you could find and really you know again industry leader in that effort so let's listen to roland talk about um, using a higher quality meat back then meat didn't have any hormones or anything in it you know i got mine from new hall when they were in venice and dallas and uh you know the grease that came off of it was like crisco white I mean, it was, yeah, you could cook with it, you could cook french fries with it, you know. A lot different yeah, a lot than different. what's been going around. And, and that's kind of, in today's barbecue, that's kind of coming around where people are buying and special ordering and paying extra for the for the hormone-free. That's what my son-in-law did. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, 44 he, farms here. They ain't no telling what he pays. Those, I'm serious. <laughs> upside, uh, yeah, yeah. It's not utility price. I can no. guarantee you. Yeah, no. You pay a premium now for for to get the non-hormone raised beef and right. things like that. I mean, you have to pay for it, but but you can taste it in the in the final products. Well, I mean, you know, especially yeah, we, it's deeper. Yeah, flavor. Right. You know. You, it's a natural beefy it. flavor that you get in the non horn I have a good taster, and I, I can tell right <laughs> off. So Bodacious Barbecue and, and Roland Lindsay's um, Empire was actually not called Bodacious. It didn't start as Bodacious Barbecue. Let's hear Roland talk about opening that first location and uh, the original name. Was it 1967-68? Is that when you found this building here on Moberly? Actually, it was probably in uh, 64 or 5, and I lived in Commerce. And I drove down here and had a VW, and I'd come down here for a dollar and go back to the dollar, you know? <laughs> and I, I, it took me probably three years to get it open. It was a real small place. This, none of this is back here, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. And so, and so once once you decided to, to open, it was originally called Little Roland's Bodacious Barbecue. Is that, yeah, that was the, the original Yeah, it original stuck name. with me. When I started out at uh, Duncanville, I played, you know, sport. I'm a ball player, and, and I was called Baby Roll. My dad was Big Roll. Yeah, it was Big Roll. And then I graduated to Little Roll and after he died, he died in his 45 in 1962 and I, I graduated to Little Roll and then which is what everybody called me, you know. It was originally Little Roland's Bodacious Barbecue, then the Little Roland dropped off, and now it's Bodacious Barbecue. But, but yeah, the the name Bodacious has has a kind of a fun origin that that Roland will tell you about here. And and yes, there are there are more ties to to the name Bodacious in uh, in some other Texas lore. Let's listen in. And uh, when you when you open up Little Roland's, uh, you know I, I know it's been written before, but the name Bodacious. Um, tell our listeners how you got the name Bodacious. Oh, Snuffy Smith. Snuffy Smith. The comic, yeah, comic strip, yeah. A guy named Royce Brown that had a, he was graduated journalism at Denton in North Texas, and he was a bachelor, and I was a bachelor, and we were right next to each other. He's in a little building there in Duncanville, and he came up with all that. <laughs> I didn't, you know. He, he he said he'd come in one day and say, yeah, that's about a kid, <laughs> You know, talking about Snubby Smith, you know. That's, that's, how, it got, that's how it all started. Got right? hung, yeah. And so for, the, for those listening that don't know the... Uh, yeah, you know, or that know their Texas rodeo history, Bodacious the Bull. Oh, yeah, they, well, we got you know. all that mess over there. <laughs> you know, the buckles and the... I know Sammy yeah. real that's well. Kind of, yeah, the sign has kind of a buckle shape yeah, to it. Yeah, right? Bodacious the Bull came from... Then the name was derived from yeah. Bodacious Park. Well, you know, they were going down the road, Sammy and his wife, and they had a bull and it didn't have a name. And she she named it. It was at that... Great, we had a store in Granbury at the time. Texas, and that's how it got his name. They saw the saw the sign, and yeah, yeah. And he didn't he didn't turn into barbecue. He turned into a rodeo bull. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and you know I pitied him when he was there. He, they brought him to the place mm-hmm. at Gladewater. We have a rodeo there, and uh, he, yeah, he wasn't a big bull either. Hmm. 
he got, you know, he mean. I was going to say, did he have an attitude? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Once, he, once they strapped that belt on him, <laughs> you know, he got mean. Roland's relationship with Bewley Pitts dates back decades. Um, Roland had pretty much every pit for all bodacious restaurants were either made by Bewley or modified by Bewley over the years. Um, and Roland really was, he, he got the science of pit technology long before that was a thing. I mean, today there's, there's a lot of people that are, that are looking into thermodynamics and water flow and how that translates into pit design. Uh, but, you know, Roland just had that natural talent, and, and it's been said that he could just eyeball a pit, think about it, and then say that certain elements needed to be changed, and, and that would really would help. Um, another thing kind of about these Buleys is very interesting is they may look kind of like a cabinet or a vault smoker. These Buleys are actually uh, traditional-style offsets underneath it all, but with a lot of different flow capacity and, and design on the outside. It's a very interesting pit. Um, some of these can hold almost a hundred briskets in a single pit. Right, and they're they're completely customizable. Buley will build them however you'd like, and you can operate them however you'd like. Um, you can use, they have automated dampers that you can use that control the airflow and can help regulate the temperature, or you can not use those dampers, as I know Bowdish is marbly, I don't believe, or at least last we were up there, they don't use the dampers on pretty much any pit, um, but they're they're completely customizable however the, the person cooking on them chooses to operate them. So, and, and you'll see these at, at more than just the, the bodacious restaurants. Um, again, you know, Russell Regals, who, who has that connection to the restaurant, and Roland uses them. Um, they're out, uh, Podies out in West Texas uses right. them. John Brotherton uses them. Um, uh, Hayes County has Hayes a County Hayes County just got well. one, yeah. yeah. So they are, they are very widely used throughout Texas. And uh, let's, let's listen to Roland talk about his, his long relationship with Buley and, and his, great, uh, his, his great knowledge of pit technology That's, that was way ahead of its time. One of the things that's very closely associated with Bodacious is your relationship with Bewley. Um, yeah. I know that over the years you've helped develop, design a lot of pits with Bewley. Um, there's, you know, I, I'm pretty sure almost every, if not every, Bodacious has Bewley pits. Is that correct as well? Well, I, I think so. I, I, he made 87 of them for me. Wow, that's a lot, a lot of pits. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, we were good friends, you know. And one of the things about them, they're, they're not all the same there's several different designs and and especially with the latest pit which is not a Buley but but the team there will modify the pits for you because um, as we were talking with Jordan you've got an eye just looking at the pit and you can say this this shelf needs to come down you can modify that pit visually by all of your experience over the years yeah you know pits they're all the same I mean it's a flow deal physics deal and I mean, they've all got their sweet spots, and, you know. That's what Bewley uh, used to tell people. You see, you go down there and talk to him, and he's gonna tell you that's the best pity ever had, <laughs> one he's cooking on, whichever <laughs> one that is. But I always, that's the way it was for me, if, uh, if that's what I had, it, it was good, you know. And, and obviously you've gone from those, those old brick pits to the steel pits over the years. What's a what's a good reason to get out of the old brick pits? Sounds like number one is the cleanup. There's not. Not you like those old pits too? Oh yeah, they're the best. Classic old pits, flat top with the the tin on top and um, exhaust whatever exhaust you can put on there. Yeah, well you just build it just like a fireplace. Mm-hmm. If you know how to build a fireplace, it's about rifling in it, and you just get that stack until it draws. Until right? it draws right, yeah. 
Yeah. And that, that's that's a lot of it as we look at some of the brand new pits and pit builders. You know, it, it's all about the draw. You've got to pull that smoke through. Um, as you mentioned on those, those, those brick pits, you've got an open fire. Well, that smoke's just not going to go through the pit. You've got that exhaust has to help pull it through the pit, right? Yeah, you ain't gonna get it the first day. <laughs> it takes you. It's gonna take a lot of practice yeah, before you get that. Yeah, it does again. really. I figure 87 it, pits in, you probably really got some experience. Used to get so mad at me, you know, and the, the guys down there still do. Is that Jordan would just wear you out? <laughs> we probably got. I don't know how many we got sitting around. Yeah, uh, one. No, two, I mean. Oh. And, and we got storage. a warehouse full of yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, Jordan likes to play around with different pits. That's for Love. sure. <laughs> and and, and just like just like with Clifford, the latest one you got here, this is the best pit I've ever cooked on. And, yeah. and just like you said with with Bewley, I think that's the same thing with Jordan. And I told him, I said, you'll like you'll say that about any pit you cook on. It's like everything is different and new. And you know they're all like you said, the, a lot of it is the flow, and that's you got to get that right. But, yeah. But every pit's a little. They got their personality. We have. A- uh, manufacturing company right down the street here, the Turno, got those domes and stuff. And I had that pit there. I made that to cook 5,000 hamburgers on, and and it wasn't even didn't have a top on it or anything. And the fellow that built that, his name was Al Moore, and he told me, he said, "What am I going to do with all this stuff out here by my shop?" And I, he said, do you want me to just scrap it and get rid of it? And I said, oh, no. <laughs> oh, let me think a little while. And so I had he put that top on there. That's, that's a very, like all of them, that's such a unique pit. You've got first the firebox inside. Yeah, first day I cooked on it, man, oh boy, I did tate them. You know, tate. We cooked 82 briskets on it. Wow. The first day. Wow. <laughs> So you know that's the kind of pit it is. You can just yeah, it's a it's a huge pit. It's about 16 feet long, somewhere around there. I don't even know. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big pit. It's it's, it's a big massive, pit. and it's not a heavy pit or anything. I mean, it's just a, got some insulation in it. Duh. But I like those doors on it because they close by the cell, you know. And um, it's got kind of cabinet style doors, but the way the, the pit is angled, yeah. it, those doors are self-closing oh, yeah. they're, and they're small and lightweight. You're not lifting a 50 pound door and they don't, each time. And they don't blow open. They're heavy enough, they don't blow open. And they're sealed really well yeah. as well. There's no smoke right. coming out of them. Right. The, the Texas Monthly, they, they came out in 2017 and kind of catapulted Bodacious back into the spotlight in the top 10 wasn't the first time they'd been mentioned in Texas Monthly. No, uh, they they'd been mentioned years before about a, a Texas barbecue trail. Let's let's listen in to Roland uh, talk a little bit about how uh, he was a little skeptical at first, but uh, it turns out that they really did come in and enjoy the food. So here you go. I like I like people. First of all, you know I really do. I just like when people stand in line to get stuff. I'm loving to stop and talk to them because. I feel like that they was good enough to. Right, they, come they t- here took the time to come eat your food. So. I had a, a, a thing happen back in. A, we were in this Texas monthly barbecue before, in the, when I first come here, and they had a ten places barbecue trail they called it, and uh, still got you know my wife's got a scrapbook. She, 
And I thought, man, them guys, we were busy. I mean, you know, people were out the door all the time, they were famous like they are. And I, I said, you know, those guys, because this, we were the only one in East Texas that was even in there. You know, everybody else was down around Austin or, you know, I thought, that guy had never been in here. He <laughs> talked about the chopped beef sandwich. He said, you know, he couldn't get a slice when I didn't make them then. he get chopped beef or that's it. And uh, they, uh, they, I just thought, well, that guy wasn't ever in here. Because you know? <laughs> I, I, I cut every bit of the meat and I was right there. I've seen that guy before. And they didn't say a word. And I thought, well, you know, he couldn't have been here. And you know what gave it away? I figured out he was here, somebody was, because it was so cans of syrup mm-hmm. on that shelf out there, like that sauce and stuff sitting there. And, that. and he said, oh, yeah, you got to stay in line, but get that chopped beef sandwich, you know, the article bit. But said you can get a can of ribbon cane or sort of syrup. <laughs> You know the real stuff. So I thought, well, I guess he, was <laughs> he had to be in yeah. the store, yes, sir. So it was it was really an absolute honor for us to to get to spend an afternoon with Roland. We, we'd heard so much from people that we knew that worked with Roland, that knew Roland throughout the years, that spoke nothing but great things about the man, and just had an absolute reverence for him. So. To, to get to meet him and spend time with him in person was, was it was a real thrill for us and it's out of all the many great conversations we've gotten to have through barbecue it's it's one that's really special to me and he, he really left his impression on on so many people both in and out of his own immediate family um, as well as in the barbecue world and and led people onto paths that are continuing to be successful today i mean they i think at their at their peak it was around 30 locations of bodacious barbecue and other other restaurants have branched out from that um, and again it's made its mark to where there's other people on the texas monthly top 50 that still today every time before we had this interview every time we brought up roland they said you know roland did this for me roland did that for me i owe roland this it was is really great to see the reverence that he, that he had throughout the barbecue community um, and we felt it was it was a responsibility to make sure that you folks had heard as much of the story as we could bring you. Yeah, I mean, then there have been some great things written about Roland. You should absolutely research those and read those as well. Um, but if you if you grew up, worked in, lived in East and Northeast Texas in the last 50 years, you have eaten barbecue influenced by Roland Lindsay and or cooked by Roland Lindsay. His his influence in that region is undeniable. And it's it, it was great for us. We, we enjoyed it so much. Um, Let's let's let you hear uh, a little bit of, of you know just us wrapping up our interview with Roland and uh, just Bodasis as he as he puts it in this uh, in this clip is still chugging along. So we you know, we definitely appreciate you sitting down with well, us. Like tonight. I told you, Royce Brown there and think about it. He, he come up with all the Bodacious and Snuffy Smith and everybody. <laughs> he was quite a character, <laughs> you know. He really was. And, uh, and yeah, but that's where it all happened. It was right there in Duncanville. Well, it's still here today. Yeah, yeah still chugging along. Still there you going. go. Yes, sir. <laughs> all right, thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you. As many people that have that have talked and and had their 
um, relationships with Roland. I, I don't think there's anybody that speaks more highly of him or, or talks more often of him than Jordan Jackson. Yeah, Jordan, uh, for those that may not know, Jordan married Roland's daughter. And so he re- it was family in every sense of the word. And uh, Jordan couldn't say enough wonderful things about Roland for as long as we've known Jordan. And so we thought it, it's only fitting for uh, for this episode for, for you to hear Jordan and hear kind of hit the uh, the love that he has for the man and, and how much Roland meant to him and uh, and means to everyone in his family. So, Jordan, you can end this episode, my friend. I want to be the person that educates somebody about who Roland was, not only as a barbecue guy, but as a person. There's... His, his biggest thing is you can't outgive God. He, he's the biggest giver. He has done so much for so many people in the business, his family, and everything. He's just, he's got the biggest heart ever. And I want people to see that and how great his products are. And just everything about him, I'm just like, I'm, I'm his biggest fan. I really am. And I'm so lucky to get to, to get to come into this place cook in his shoes and you know and cook on his pits in his place that started everything and there's not a luckier person on earth as far as I'm concerned than me 